I had a fry every day this summer. Working on building sites. You know, now again, we didn't win, so maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been there, the fruit and the pasta. <laughs> OTB AM. Live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. So, Owen, you spoke with Kerry legend Johnny Cullity. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to play a couple of pieces for you now. We're going to roll Johnny Cullity into Dan Dwyer. So just to mention Dan Dwyer, first of all, he's just a, a Kerry super fan that I met in the Cusick stand a few weeks ago. He uh, he loves to, to smoke a pipe and it kind of uh, stuck out and we were chatting away to him. He is a fountain of knowledge and I just did a little bit more research and it turns out I should have known who this guy is anyway. He's been going to carry matches in All-Ireland Finals since 1959. So I went to his house yesterday and as it turned out, when I spoke to him, uh, he actually worked with... Johnny Cullity for over 30 years in St. Finian's Hospital in Killarney. So there's a nice segue between these two pieces. But we are going to kick it off here with Johnny Cullity, who is a, a legend of Kerry football, of Killarney Legion. Uh, shout out to James O'Donoghue, who managed to, to help me get in contact with his family and uh, for, uh, for to his son for persuading him to do this piece, because it, it's one I've wanted to do for a while. This is uh, a guy who played hurling for Kerry. He was a, a Kerry hurling minor at the age of 14 and played football for, for Kerry, obviously, as well, moving from an outfield player to playing in goals. He ended up winning five All-Ireland medals on the team that included Mick O'Dwyer and Mick O'Connell. And our conversation here begins around the art of goalkeeping and how it was a little bit different back in his day. When the goalkeeper in modern football, obviously, is such a different position to even 10, 15 years ago, were you doing everything as a goalkeeper? Were you taking the kickouts as well? Because I know sometimes the goalkeeper in the 60s would, would give it to the corner back to take, for example. Yeah. Well, I can tell you safely anyway, like, I played football, i just tell you now, in those years now, I played in goal, we say, with, with the carry, like, you know? Uh, I never kicked the ball out, I'd say, twice, I'd say, in that number of years. Really? The backs kicked down. Donny Sullivan was playing cornerback. I mean, I could kick, I was playing out the field in, at club level, that was okay. I could kick freeze and things like that, maybe from 30 years old, 40 or something. But Donny Sullivan be playing a cornerback, fellas like him now would be playing. He could kick the ball 70 yards. So at that time, there was no such thing as shot passing out of the car. <laughs> so what business did I kick out the ball when Donny could kick it 20 or 30 yards further than me? Did he, did he take the 45s as well out of interest, uh, given he could kick the ball 60, 70 yards? No, with Michael Connell out around the middle of the field. He could also kick it that long. He'd kick it over the bar now about <laughs> from 50 yards out. I, I was just about to ask that his job must have been relatively easy kicking the ball out given you had Mick O'Connell in midfield there was one man to aim at all the time like look I, I'd i be telling you like if I was saying just about aiming at the field in all time <laughs> built it up the field like you know and kicking it and if it came to Mick O'Connell you could be sure he'd catch it anyway that was number one <laughs> so generally we'd win it after the kick out at that time as well like you know yeah. but as I said there was no such thing as kicking into the Cardinal back that's out of the corner anything like that like that was old taboo that time <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you, you mentioned Mick O'Connell there and you mentioned rowing in the regattas earlier you didn't ever row with Mick did you? the only thing I rowed with Mick I rowed from uh, 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 Renard Monday Jackie Lyon and myself from the boat Jackie was training Kelly and Mick had, had a, a boat pulled up the other and I rowed across with one of the oars with Mick Mick was pulling in the other oars that was the only time I rowed with Mick O'Connell into Valencia Island there was no bridge there was no bridge at that time What was that experience like? 
It was a bit too strong for me pulling the oar, like, you know, it was inclined to turn around the circle, but sure, we got there anyway. <laughs> um, do you remember much uh, about him as a teammate? Like, the, the, the stories around him are, are legendary, you know, that he didn't like to, to celebrate too much when it came to an All-Ireland win. He, he was a man who really loved home. And, like, I guess, to be fair, like, you love home as well. You're like, you're a Clarny man, true and true. He was a Valencia man. He is a Valencia man, true and true. And that seems to define him quite a lot as a player, didn't it? He liked to just get home and, and exist in, in, in Valencia Island. Yeah, well, the, he, the, game, the game was all about it, what Mick had. Like, Mick was only, con- he was only concerned on a, the display in the game, like, you know. And he didn't go in much for the trivialities, I suppose you could call them, you know, around it, like, you know, yeah. the celebrations and that type of thing. Uh, he came to play, like, and he was always very fit, like, you know. I mean, the National League, now, you're talking about fitness and the rest of it, but Mick O'Connor, like, he'd be fit, He'd be fit Christmas Day, like, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what kind of training he'd do all the time in the island, but he was, yeah, I mean, he was ahead of us altogether. as a fitness and the rest of it. Um, so, like, you know, he didn't go in for, like, he hated, like, what, you, what I'm saying to you here now, all this interview, and he didn't go in much for the interviews and things like that, like, you know. But uh, the only thing we could depend on, anyway, when it came to playing, anyway, he was... On top of his game every day he played. I, all I could say is we won a good few national leagues anyway. And I say he won a lot of them when he was one early for us because I, he was always very fit. Um, I I asked this of a Galway fellow yesterday and, and I, I know it's not fair to compare different generations but for people who might not have seen Mick O'Connell play is there a modern example or somebody in, in maybe even from the 80s and 90s that you could compare to the type of player that Mick O'Connell was for Kerry? I couldn't see any for anybody to compare to my terrible suit. Like, you know, he was... The man could... Look, I often say... He, I wouldn't say... He could do anything. Like, he was a good kicker of the ball. He was a great fielder. He could kick left and right. He could take frees. He could take penalties. He could... Any aspect of the game, like, you know. And he was a very clean player. He didn't... He hated dirty play, like, you know, even though he was physically very strong himself. I, I, I could safely say you'd never see him anyway trying to uh, hit any kind of a dirty belt or anything like that. He was a very fair player, very clean, as I say, like, you know, but he had all the skills. You know, do you know how you're talking, you know, you often talk about fellas, no great players, all the rest, but look, um, if a fella can kick left and right, if a fella can kick freeze uh, off the ground, if he can kick him off his hands, if he can feel, so he's not a great player. Yeah. That was, that was. A, I mean, Colin could do mad. Do you know what I mean? Is he the best ever, in your opinion? Oh, definite, definite. Yeah. I, I didn't see any fellas good as the men in terms of suit. Yeah. No, Jack O'Shea that said was a great player and he was a great player, but like uh, different kind of styles altogether to me. Like you know, I'd be biased. I'd say like towards him anyway. Like you know, he played all my time. Like you know, he won a lot of medals for the likes of myself. Like you know. National leagues and all Ireland's, we wouldn't win, we wouldn't have won a lot of money for him anyway. Do you stay in touch with him a lot? Oh yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, I'm talking fairly regular enough, you know. I was, yeah, he had great shit. No, uh, you know, he was. Things didn't go great lately. He, he lost his yeah. wife there some time ago, like you know, which was a, a very bad blow to him, like you know, because uh, I suppose he spends most of his time in Valencia you now. Like it's different here in Killarney. I'd be meeting. A lot of fellas know maybe more so than he would like, you know. But he's a great shape all the same, like, you know. Yeah. And he's a great man to have a bit of a conversation with. He he he's an, he follows soccer, rugby, 
He follows all the games all the time. Anyway, he could tell you about that. Oh, he does. He keeps well in touch. I was actually going to say, ask you, like, what, what do you actually talk about? Because we had him on the show a few years ago, and uh, he wasn't uh, he, he wasn't really having much of you know the, the talk that you know about the, the rowing contributing to his fitness. He he takes no nonsense, Mick O'Connell. I think it's fair to say. And I I'm it, it sometimes feels as if he doesn't um, he's not very up for talking about modern GEA and stuff or modern sport. But he is obviously he is keeping an eye on everything. Well, he keeps a very good eye on it. As a matter of fact, he asked me a couple of questions the other day there about uh, the mark. He was asking me, you know, about this mark. He was kind of, uh, you know, he wasn't very... Uh, uh, one of the questions he was asking me, I was wondering about it myself after because I'm not that familiar with it. Like, you know, just he, he'll clean up altogether because he's a free shot at goal every day. He'll catch it, like... But uh, he was wondering, could you catch it in the middle of the field or could you could fella catch it in the backs and say, claim a mark? Uh, and of course, I was saying to him, like, to be a great job if the goalkeeper could catch it in my time, because if you caught the ball, you could say, Mark, and you could have a free kick out. Where most of the time they were trying to belt me into the back of the net, like, to be guessing. So you could be asking, answering that question for them, like, you know. Yeah. Just a, a couple of other things, just because we mentioned Wishi earlier on. Yeah. Uh, you you would have been good friends with Wishi, would you? Actually, Wishi is only living about three or four doors long for me here, like, you know. Uh, we see, we see myself trained together. We're working the same job. We're the same we're working in the same pinions, oh, right? Yeah, the yeah. same job, yeah. And um, as I say, he's just living down for me. As a matter of fact, then he was coming on. Because <laughs> there was no sub goalie. Sure, you know that well, anyway. There was no sub goalie, like when, in, in the early days. Like, you know, when I came on the team, like, uh, there was no sub goalie. We had 20 players. I could. Tell you different, you could see him. There'd be 20 players, right? That was five subs, and but there was no sub goalkeeper. I remember on two occasions I got injured nearly time myself. Uh, and you'd look up and you'd be getting up, and you know how you're going to play on or something, and you'd see some fellow was a sub, maybe it was a forward coming to play and coming to go in stereo. So even there was fierce controversy about it. And I wish he would be sub goalkeeper now in 69, 70, around that. He was, a, you know, he was. He was playing golf with his carry in the, in the, here with us, like uh, with his carry, all his carry here now, and I was playing out the field. Uh, so we see he was a better goalkeeper probably than me, <laughs> but he, I got a goal and I was in before him. Uh, so uh, we see we were great friends, we were fellow workers. We'd go to the park now and we'd be trained together above in the field. I'd be taking penalties and him, and he'd take penalties and me and that kind of a thing, like, you know. He was a, he was probably a better goalkeeper than myself, like, you know. There was parts of men were definitely, like, you know, he was very quick, like, you know, and he was uh, very, he wasn't a great kicker of the ball now, like, you know. But anyway, I wasn't opposing him after that, anyway, but when he should have been, at least he should have been sub-goalie. There was no sub-goalie, as I said, at that time. So and later then, like, you know, I don't know, he played, he won junior all uh, I don't know, he got a, a senior all that I'm not sure, really. Nice. Yeah. And after you, you finished playing football, you obviously would have stayed great friends, and um, I presume you would have been a, a massive fan of, of his broadcasting on the radio. Well, it should, the man should, I play with the Legion here now, Dr. Crooks, I'll tell you, Dr. Crooks probably, I tell you, we have a good club ourselves, like, and we see was chairman of the club, and he was secretary of the club, and whatever job was to be done, he played with the club, like his brother, Jeannie, both of them are gone now, like, you know. They played for the balls of 20 years with the club as well, like, you know. And to be the same with myself and my brother and the rest of them, like, you know. Uh, so um, I'd say, like, uh, well, he was probably one of my best friends, do you know what I mean? Oh, 
his wife, John, is living just down below here. And sure, we'll meet here every day of the week all the time as well. Like, you know, my own wife here, like, she got go to town for a cup of tea with him and think, you know, so you'd miss him a lot now, like, you know, because, like, there's no doubt about it. He was a great profile, like, when you do know, for Kerry, like, he, the All-Ireland, now you'd see him passing the door, going up, watching the training, and he'd be talking about what was going to happen. Sure, I know how many he was. He wouldn't, like, you know, for, for Radio Kerry, like, uh, on the football side of it, what did they call him? McNamee Awards, did they call him or something? Right, yeah. I'd say they were a good few when we, she was, a, you know, he was great, great. He 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 refused to say I couldn't I couldn't hold up to medals. <laughs> so talking about football, I'm sure he knew everyone in the country. Yeah, yeah. He was very popular. Oh, very popular. Yeah. yeah, but I tell you, basketball. Because he played football. He's a good footballer. No, he played as I say, a very high standard. And he was he should have been sub goalie, but should have had the sub goalie that time. And then he played basketball, and he played with Kerry in basketball. He was a great all rounder. The only thing he, he never mastered the holding. Yeah, he wouldn't go out to Hull, <laughs> but he he tried every, he played every other game, like you know. Yes, Kerry legend Johnny Cullity. You can watch the full interview back on all of Off the Ball social channels. Oh, and great stuff there from Johnny. I love the part where he speaks about uh, back in the day goalkeepers. They didn't kick out the ball; they used to give it to the fullback to do the job. <laughs> And also pretty uh, pretty open about the fact that they didn't aim at anybody, just uh, get it as far away <laughs> as, as, far as possible you can. <laughs> from from the goal. So yeah, no, that's uh, that's Johnny Cullody. Uh, as you mentioned, there, the full piece is going to go up. It's uh, over forty minutes. I think we chatted for yesterday, and uh, obviously you heard a bit about uh, Nick O'Connell there and Michi Fogel. He does also a good chat around his time uh, in management and training the Kerry team, and also maybe the training or lack of training that Kerry would have had in. Uh, the, the 1950s, 1960s, when uh, I guess sports science and innovation was uh, was a, a far, far distant idea. No to AM is brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Now we're back to Kerry again, Owen. You met Kerry superfan Dan Dwyer. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so uh, we, we heard a little bit earlier from Johnny Cullody. Uh, we went up the road then to from Killarney to Kilcoman to meet Dan Dwyer, who has been going to All-Ireland's since 1959 so 59 was Kerry Galway it was his his first All-Ireland I don't think he's missed an All-Ireland ever since then he gets to every game and uh, he sits in and around the Cusick stand where I sit with our with our season tickets and he'll be there around uh, section 306 305 smoking his pipe before the game on uh, on Sunday if anybody wants to go up and, and say hello an absolute gent and uh, yeah I went to his house to meet him yesterday Okay, we are here in Kilcommon in Kerry with one of Kerry's greatest and longest running fans, Dan Dwyer. Dan, how are you getting on? Fine, thank you, Owen. Welcome to Kilcommon. Thank you very much. Uh, I was just saying, I've come here directly from Johnny Cullity's house, uh, the great uh, Kerry goalkeeper, played for Kerry in, in both codes. And it turns out that you and Johnny actually worked with each other. We worked, uh, we worked together for 35 years. Oh, really? 35 years, yes. And a, a nice man to work with. Yeah. A gentleman. St. Finian's Hospital in Killarney, the one that overlooks Fitzgerald Stadium. Right, it's closed now in about 10 years and nothing done with it so far. The reason why I uh, wanted to come out and have a chat with you, Dan, is just because of the fact that you've been going to Kerry Games for so long. So when was your first All-Ireland? My first All-Ireland was in 59, Kerry and Galway, and the score was 3-7 to Kerry 1-4 to Galway. But uh, I was only 13 and a half, and I went with a friend of mine from Park Road, a man called Jack Ryan, who was now in London. And I remember going up on the train that morning. That was my first final. And uh, I suppose I remember it for the reason that 
McConnell was centre field and he was getting a rough time from um, this, uh, what's his name, the Galway player? Purcell. No, no, Sean Purcell and Stockwell, they were just finishing up. Right. That time there were two great players there. Uh, oh, he was a big strong for the centre field. But in here, Connell got calf injured and they brought out Tom Long, who was playing the 40. They brought Long out. Oh, Frank Ivers was the name of the man. He was marking O'Connell. He's a big, strong man. He was an army man. But I remember they bringing out O'Connell. They bring out Tom Long out of the field and uh, he rectified the situation and uh, they won well. They won well the same day, yeah. yeah. Were Conway re- well respected at that time? You see, they had a lot of good players, like, as I say, Apostle now, who a lot of people in Ireland will tell you was probably one of the best all round footballers they ever saw, but he was just going off at that stage. You know, he was well into his 30s and uh, Stockwell as well, but they were known, as you know, as the Tomb Twins and uh, they were respected and known all over Ireland. Yeah. They were great players. But that was my first final now, it is 63 years ago. But uh, I tried to recall some of the... But I know the man that went with me on the train that year, and we were, of course, our first time in Dublin, excited, coming home on the train, yeah. Was it usually the train that you got up and down to those matches in those days? Yes, yes. There'd be a couple of trains leaving Killarney and arriving home that evening. They'd be in Killarney about half 10 or 11 o'clock. And the trains used to be packed that time. All the people from South Korea, um, they'd be they'd drive up to Killarney and get on the uh, on the thing, and then they'd have to drive home again down to Port McGee and Village Island and all them places. But uh, there wouldn't be as many going now. Nowadays, uh, with the, some of them will go from Fadden Four by airport. More of them will drive it. More goes in the buses, carries water's bus. Who might do travel with now most of the time. But that time to all the, all the train. Can I ask you then, Dan, there's, um, living in Dublin, people like to give me a bit of stick because Kerry people don't travel to matches there, or so they like to say. What's been your experience down through the years of the level of attendance from Kerry people at games in Croke Park? Well, I suppose there's a point in it. Like, I suppose, you know, if Kerry were playing the quarter-final of the All-Ireland Championship above in Dublin, you might have only maybe about 10,000 Kerry people Whereas when it comes to the final, you'll probably have 25 and 30,000. Because a lot of the people living in Dublin from Kerry, they will want to go to the final. And they seem to get tickets maybe easier than some of the people that are going the whole time. But, uh, like, I'd say that is true now. Like, if you take the cock hodlers, if the cock hodlers are going well, even in almost the final, you could have 20, 25,000 cock people. And if it was an all-Ireland final, uh, Mayo the same way. Mayo, I would say Mayo are probably the best followers that I have ever come across. But the real carriage, you know, and follower will go to all the championship games and most of the league games if he can at all. The fellow then that's kind of a, we call it a watery fella, he'll only go to a game that he thinks will be a good game. <laughs> uh, I, I don't get the sense that you're uh, a watery fella at all. You go to all, most of the games, do you? Well, I go to all the, um, I go to all the championship games and uh, most of the league games. I would say that I have never missed uh, an all Ireland final or a semi-final since, since 59, that's 63 years ago. The only game I missed was Karina Man, the championship there a number of years ago. The Kerry beat Armand, the dad got a goal in the last three minutes to clinch it. I was in America at that time. I was in American holidays, so I missed that game. But that was the only, that was the only championship game I missed. I don't think I missed many league games either. Yeah. No, I go to them all if I can at all.
What's the, what's the plan for the weekend? Any traditions around All-Ireland weekend from your perspective that, that you tend to do other than the match? Uh, no, well, I'm going up by bus. I go out to carry supporters. Sometimes I go up with them. More times I go by train and more times I go by car. But I usually go out to carry supporters. We'll be leaving for the phone now Saturday morning, Sunday morning at 7 o'clock. And we'll have arrived to the protein stale about half 10 or quarter to 11. And we'll have our breakfast there. And then we'll head on for Mount Joy Square, park the bus, and walk around the city for a while, and then into the game. And on our way home then that night, around half at seven or eight o'clock, we'll be calling for our lunch to the put-in still. So that will be our day. We'll arrive home then, probably into fun four, maybe 11 o'clock, half 11. And then if we win, of course, the celebrations Monday night, and that'll be only starting. If they do win, it will be going down to Kinmere and... I hope to be going down there if I'm alive. Shani Shea, even though I don't know him personally, know his mother, I'd be going down there. And I have a habit of going to places um, when they do win the Sam Maguire. I actually went down to when Declan Salone was captain in 206. I drove down with a bad night. I had a mini car at the time. I drove down to Drummond. And then I come home that night. The storm was so bad that it was actually rocking the car and it was around three o'clock in the morning. But it was a great night. I mean, it was great to think in a small club like the Drummond that you were the captain of the Kerry team and you were the trainer, Jack O'Connor. I know about them and I did think it would be a great night and there was a couple of more from Kilani there as well. But I enjoyed that night better than if I was over in Tralee in the middle of 20,000. Yeah. Meeting people in South Kerry people in general are very, very friendly and... Um, I enjoyed the night immensely. Then when Darren won it, when Darren was captain in North Nine, there was a great night in Glenbear. There was thousands turning up there that night. So I do go to a lot of these functions too. I, I like meeting people and having the crack and talking about olden days and who's good enough for the Kerry team and who isn't and to the all part of the Kerry way. Yes, Kerry superfan Dan Dwyer there and you can catch the full interview across our social channels and on the OTB Sports Podcast Network. We're heading back to Kerry now where Owen caught up with Dermot Butler who is principal of the secondary school in Canberra which produced six members of Kerry's squad playing in the All-Ireland Final this weekend and Owen asked the key question of the principal. See you back after this. Who is the most academically talented of the crop of footballers? Oh God, what a really good question. Well, I, I would say this much and genuinely say this. Those who are involved in team sports manage to get a lifestyle balance as well somewhere. And they are focused and they, they don't forget about their academic side of things as well. Um, Stephen does the answer to the question, I would say. Stephen yeah. O'Brien, yeah, yeah he, was, he was a really good student in school. And the rest of them were good as well, Tyg and Shawnee. I better mention them all now or I'll be in big yeah. trouble, won't I? Like, you know... Um, <laughs> But they all, they all were able to balance, you know, their sport. And I think that comes from playing with team sports as well. Like, you know, that if they're involved in team, they have goals and stuff like that set. So, yeah, no, it's a really trick question, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a horrible <laughs> one, but I'm glad you actually answered it. And um, what's interesting, and this has been something that it was Michael Meehan who commented on it on one of our shows last week, the, the lack of buzz in schools, because obviously you're, you're closed yeah. at the moment. Uh, what, what's your opinion on all, on all that? Obviously, you would have experienced a good few All-Irelands in the 2000s and during the 2010s as, as principal of this school. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is a pity. Because, like, I mean, can you just imagine uh, if we were all back in school like, and you were interviewing me today, the whole school would probably be out in green and gold here or something like that. Um, so it is disappointing, but it is what it is. And look, July, it's 
brilliant. There's a great atmosphere in Kenmare. And, um, yeah, it's a pity that the school isn't open to... to build up that atmosphere as well in school like you know but um please god difference like and in, in terms of people getting inspired or like i know that sometimes gets overplayed but even in a very small way does it make a difference having oh. schools open during all ireland in 2019 and we had it twice because it went to a replay and whatever else you know i mean the excitement about the all ireland final in schools like is just there you can feel it there's tension you go into the match yeah we've colors day here and Everyone dresses in their Kerry jerseys, except for the odd few rebels that frequent us here, you know. Um, but um, no, it, yeah, it, it, you do miss that, all right, like, you know. But but it is what it is at the moment, like, you know. And if we're lucky enough to win, and please God, we will be, um, you can come down again for the homecoming because that would be really special, like, you know, if we manage to win. Uh, what I find really interesting when I walk around Khmer is that uh, nobody's been uh, petty enough to just put down the Khmer lads. It's the Khmer lads and the Temple No lads on the, on the same posters. Is, is that just, you know, a postponement of local divides here? Or or what is the relationship like between Temple No and, and Khmer generally on the football pitch? Uh, well, I'm from Tralee, so there was always good local rivalries there between Austin Stacks and Kearns or Ahalis and John Mitchells maybe and no Nigel, so yeah, it's there in local rivalries. Uh, Temple No versus Kenmare is probably the big one. Two tribes go to war, as they say. But uh, when when they come into this school and they play under Public School Inverskeena umbrella, um, that's been great. And there's no problem with the players, and you know it's it's built up and it's 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 it is what it is. You know, um, it's good. It probably drives them on. You know, um, but it is there, and it's obvious that it's there at times. But yeah, most people just get on with it, and, and certainly from the players' point of view, they're delighted to play for their clubs. If Kenmare play in Temple No, that's a big, big rivalry match, you know. Um, being an outsider is, is, is probably a bit easier to to watch it, like you know. But yeah, yeah. Uh, um, certainly not can get involved in some of, of of what goes on there, like you know. But um, look, it is it's fantastic though as well, and you know all these guys are great buddies outside of it, like you know. So. There's no worry. They're all playing for Kerry this weekend, and they've all played, as I said, for Public School Inverskeen over the years as well. Like you know, OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.